Oh my god. Oh. Yeah. I might need to go to a spa. Why is that? Someplace with like mineral baths. I don't like, know. Like, uh, think... oh, was it Truman or Roosevelt? Who did, which one did that? Oh, yeah. I think you're thinking of uh, uh, the second uh, Franklin Roosevelt. He, he actually bought a house in Georgia because it was near these springs. Right. The uh, springs that were said to rejuvenate you. I think he was, uh, he had polio or something like that. Yes. Uh, he actually, one reason he really liked the springs is uh, it was a quality of the water that it was very buoyant. It was very buoyant. And he floated. He floated. He floated. Mm-hmm. Like the, uh, the salt lake, the great salt lake in Israel. Yes. Muzzle Tove. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. It's going to be uh, Christmas uh, tomorrow. Merry, merry, merry Christmas, Dan. How are you? Are you enjoying the holiday season? Oh, gosh. You know, it's my favorite. Yeah, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It is. It, they say that. Yeah. I, I've been listening. You know, I've, I've had a very, very strange holiday season, I have to say. It's been very weird. Just because enjoy- it's, uh, it, it, you've been busier than usual, it seems like. No, no, no. I don't really do anything. Um, but I, uh, but I've been enjoying Christmas music this year. Oh, really? I mean, well, you know, I've, I've let myself really steep in it. We have a local station here, K-O-I-T, that plays uh, Christmas music all the time at Christmas time. And uh, I've, I've kind of been getting into it. And I find myself singing a lot. Often songs I'm not that crazy about sometimes. Well, what do you uh, what what are your favorite kind of uh, like Christmas? If you were going to pick your own Christmas music, oh, well, you know, I, I was uh, trying to explain this to my daughter, who could not have been less interested. That it's funny, you know how like in the Grammys, you've got like Song of the Year and Record of the Year, you know, like who, the best written song, the best performed song, or whatever. I, there's certain songs I like almost always, and then there's certain performances of songs that I particularly like, even if it's a song I don't normally like. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you like the when the, when do you like the classics, the classic old songs, you know, the old fashioned stuff, or are you more like you want to get Janet Jackson's, you know, Noel version of Noel? I, well, yeah, that's a good question. I think I like a lot of uh, of my contemporaries. I. I'm not as crazy about the uh, kind of performances, you know? Frosty the Snowman. I'm not as crazy about that. Yeah. I I mean, I like what you were just doing, but I'm more interested in, like, the music to me that I like, I like this sort of Bing Crosby style stuff if Mm -hmm. I'm going to go old-fashioned. But Mm -hmm. I also really enjoyed, there was... um, there's there's something called All Songs Considered that shows up on NPR, yep. which is interesting. And they did this almost unlistenable uh, Christmas special where there was like a skit and it was just unbearable to listen to. It was the worst. But they did play a few things that were kind of cool from like TV. Like they played the uh, the music from The Grinch and then they played the stuff from like the real old school, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, um, uh, you know, the kind of the stop motion picture stuff from when we were kids, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, Burl Ives, Holly Jolly Christmas. Yeah. That, like that. The Burl Ives. Yeah. That. That's a good one. Yeah. K O I T plays that one a lot. I like, I like that. I like, um, I like the, the canonical versions of a Christmas song, the Christmas song by, uh, uh, like Mel Torme and yeah. King Cole. Yeah. And, um, I really like a couple of the '60s and '70s, you know, rock albums. My 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 favorite, as of this year anyway, my favorite Christmas song performance is still, um, wow, what's the, what's the official title? It's the um, I'm really not awake yet. The um, the Darling Love song, uh, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home, Christmas, oh, yeah. Christmas, Christmas, yeah, that that's that's my favorite. Uh, and I really like, uh, I really, my daughter's favorite is the Jackson five version of Santa Claus is coming to town. I like that a lot. That whole Phil Spector record. I think it's called Phil Spector presents a Christmas gift to you or something like that. Is he the killer? Mm-hmm. And he, I think you might think of Jerry Lee Lewis, oh, but, right, right, right. but they, yeah, yeah. It's all, you know, like the Ronettes and everybody doing mm-hmm. uh, songs. That's really good. And, uh, <laughs> sometimes I like to just torment my family by putting on the, uh, the dogs barking, uh, jingle bells. Because it oh always my makes God. me laugh. Yeah, yeah. 
And then there's one Christmas song that is a traditional song that, as for as long as I can remember, has made me feel like I'm insane, which is Carol of the Bells. Oh yes, yeah. That sounds like Bernard Herrmann to me. I mean, that sounds like it sounds sounds like someone losing their mind to me. Just because of the bells, or just the song itself the is a little insane. The repetition and when it's performed by cats, it's especially <laughs> it's great. The cats you're talking about the theatrical Broadway production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Those mewling cats. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I, uh, I have an eclectic, uh, schizophrenic taste in Christmas music, but I but I, I do enjoy it. And of course, um, we should mention that the uh, the podcast The Incomparable had a really good Christmas music episode that sent me out looking for things. Like like a lot of people, I'm not crazy about the Christmas shoes song. Oh yeah, I know the the song you're talking. I haven't listened to that episode. I always save that episode to listen to on Christmas Day. Oh, that's a sweet tradition. It's in my own tradition that I. Um... It's a very very funny episode. It's it's uh, listen. I listened to him taping it live and. Uh, it was really, really out of control. I don't know how Jason actually edited it. It was really funny. But um, yeah, and, and that's where I learned that there's like a whole Christmas shoes industry. There's like several uh, TV movies and books about that are, that are based on the Christmas shoes property and, and different mm. people die. Yeah, it turns out. You changed your uh, Twitter avatar today. Yeah, I think that's the first time I've ever done that. Yeah, you used to have the... Cool little sketch. I don't. For who did that? The sketch. Dave Gray. Dave Gray. I'll, I'll bring it back tomorrow. Um, oh, this is just yeah. for one day. Yeah, because of Iran. Right. Okay. Sure. I want to show my support. I get it. Yeah. Do, do you have any? Do you have any uh, special favorite uh, holiday traditions you'd like to share? My my main thing uh, that I like to do. Uh, there's two. I'm not not so much caring about the music. For me, the music, uh, whatever they want to put on is fine. One song goes one way, one goes the other, so on. So what? Uh, but there's two movies that I like to watch. I like to watch A Christmas Story with Ralphie, mm-hmm. which is usually you can find a channel where it's it's just on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I think it starts on Thanksgiving and then ends on New Year's, and you just that's all the channel runs. Mm-hmm. So I like to watch that. And then I also, uh, usually on, not Christmas Eve, but Christmas Day Eve. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I like to watch It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, that's a good one. Which always, a little, a little it's, a, it's a tearjerker for me. Oh, it's a terrific movie. It's a great movie, I think. And, and what's interesting about that film is apparently at its time, when it came out as a new movie, it didn't do that. It didn't do badly, but it didn't do well. It wasn't like... Oh, it's an instant classic. People are like, eh, you know, it's all right. No, and, and it was savaged by the critics. Right. And yet it has this following. And to, for me, that's my favorite uh, Christmas movie. Of course, I was uh, I was not raised with the, with the goy as you were. So mm-hmm. maybe I have a different set of, you know, values or something. But it, it for me, that's that captures the essence of what I feel the holiday season, uh, the non-religious holiday season. Is yeah, about. yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Those are both really good. We're going to watch uh, a Christmas story tonight. Wow, we don't have we don't have the cable, so uh, we watch it on uh, the iTunes. But um, I, I do you remember there was a time in uh, I think in the '80s. I don't understand how or why this happened, but it's a wonderful life. I think was briefly out of copyright. Really? And, well, yeah, and it was everybody showed it all the time. I, that's, you know, up, I remembered, I was going to say, it doesn't seem like it's on as much as it used to be, but that would explain that. I, I'd have to look it up, but I think, I think something happened. There was some glitch in copyright ownership for a period of, I don't know, several years. And uh, <clears throat> there were VHS tapes of it everywhere for next to nothing. And it was on everywhere all the time. And then it was colorized and everybody was mad. Oh, that was the worst. It's supposed to have a little bit of a black and whitish, bluish sort of tint to make me feel... Right. You know what's funny though about all the colorizing stuff is mm. that it's understand, you know, it's acting against the wishes of the filmmakers and all of that. But, you know, it turns out one funny thing about the colorization was that in order, I believe, in order to do that, even back then, they had to make a good copy of the film in order to colorize it. And it actually was a 
unintentional way of saving a lot of films because, you know, that crazy nitrogen process with film that makes it decay and all that stuff. Supposedly, a fair number of films ended up getting conserved that, you know, might have, I don't know if that's true, but might have died hmm. otherwise. But um, yeah, that was on a lot. Uh, I like the Charlie Brown one. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's complicated. It's Do you complicated. have like Christmas traditions that you adhere to? Certain things that you have, like if, if it doesn't happen, then Christmas didn't happen, other than maybe than opening gifts. No, I think I used to. And, you know, not, not, nothing, nothing too unconventional. But uh, I, I think I used to have more of those. Everything gets pretty chaotic around the holidays. Even, even, even with my, I, well, I wouldn't say it was an announcement or a pronouncement, but I have declared, <laughs> somewhat declared, somewhat by fiat that this is going to be a low key. Like we're not going to drive lots of places here. Do you usually do that? Well, I mean, even, you know, just going to relatives' houses on Christmas Day, you know, I want to laze around tomorrow. That's my goal. Yeah. Convalesce. Yeah. You know, like, how do you guys do, and I'm asking for a reason, how do you guys do the present opening thing. You have a you have a child, a young child. Yes. And she, I imagine, is aware of Christmas and what it is and would wake up in the morning knowing that she's gonna get something. And it's presents waiting, whether or not she believes in Santa, but there's there's gonna be presents if she you... does, and she's very excited. I mean that's that's fun. So what do you, in the morning, how does it work? Does she run, wake you guys up? Is it that early or are you waking yeah, her Yeah, she wakes up? us up every day. But, <laughs> but as for Christmas, so the, our, our special ceremonial Christmas waking up, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll open, we'll each open, my wife and I will open a gift tonight and she can open two gifts tonight that have been preordained. Mm-hmm. So don't tell anybody, but she'll get a bathrobe and a sonic screwdriver tonight. Right. And yeah. And, a um, men's bathrobe, by the way. So that, that way <laughs> she can be like, well, this doesn't really work for me. Well, I'll wear it. Yeah, I mean, it's, pre- it's pre-owned. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Sli- a, slightly used men's from a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a gown. It's a gown that I found on the floor by the police station. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, and speaking of which, before I forget, uh, just to interject it as a tangential yeah. statement, um, <laughs> there was a pair of pants on the side of the road that uh, my son would see as we drove by. Uh, taking him to school and on the first day that i think they were probably technically they were jeans but he called them pants and they were uh they were sort of laying on the side of the road kind of they looked kind of fresh like they were they had just been put there they weren't there the day before and this blue he's like there's pants on the side of the road it just every single and he's turn around go back i'm like no i'm not gonna go back to look at the pants he's like yes go back there's pants there i said well we'll see them you know we'll see them tomorrow morning and then they were there. And each day, as the weather changed, the rains came, things like that, they would get more and more disgusting. And then it kind of, and they would move. I don't know how they were moving, if, if a human was moving them or just the natural, you know, <laughs> progress of traffic moving them further down the highway. And so it then became this kind of game every morning to try to find the pants. And eventually they became so sort of soiled and embedded in the road that, that and crumpled and mixed with other refuse that it was almost impossible to identify them. Uh, and then the fun kind of went away. That's hilarious. I love things like that. The <laughs> Christmas pants. It's Christmas a pants. Which All right. So I'm sorry. Me, so, so she's going to, you you and your wife open uh, the gifts tonight. And well, then... I think, I think a standard, well, that's just, yeah, that's like the, you get to open one Christmas Eve one. But I think, uh, I think the tradition that I grew up with that a lot of families do is, you know, the youngest, especially when you got a big group of people, the youngest starts, but our, our daughter gets like five times more stuff than either of us. Oh do. yeah. Yeah. And so do you wake up and have coffee and eat bre- breakfast first and wait for family oh God, to show no. up? Or, oh, yeah. no, no, no. I don't, I don't even have time to blast the tinky. I'm running down the hallway right. trying to find the camera. That's yeah. no, Okay, so that's normal. That's always been my – it was my experience. Uh, and, and, and you look at TV, that's what happens. The kids are there shaking the parents awake, and the parents are sort of stumbling around and, and trying to function while the kids are opening up the gifts. And that's always been the – my understanding of the way that it was supposed to be done. Like that's the rule book. If you were to check the rules, that's what it would say to do. But, uh, my wife's family had this very strange and I never understood this. And whenever I was part of it, I never understood it. And this happened apparently all through her whole childhood and everything. It's not just like an adult tradition. Like if your kid, let's say your kids are all, they're 18, right? Mm -hmm. 
maybe they're staying with you. You know what? You might wake up and you might say, you know what? Let's open gifts after we get, you know, a little, a little nosh. But, uh, their family, they would wake up, they would have breakfast and they'd open gifts at like one or something really strange. That's, that shows a lot of character. It's so screwed up. So I would, uh, I would always no no cash is uh, six now, and you know the first few years like Christmas is it, it, you know what it could be at three it could be at one it can be at eight a.m. they don't care because they don't even really get it at age two maybe three they start to get it. Well, Cash gets it and he's gotten it for a few years now, and they they were still trying to do this weird ass. We'll do we'll eat some breakfast first and we'll open it up. I'm like that's and so last year the meltdowns. The repeated meltdowns that came from trying to do this, trying to make him wait, I'm like, you can't, you, it's not right. You can't do it. So this year, it's going to be a regular Christmas. Waking up, whenever they wake up, it starts. That's it. Because there's two of them mm-hmm. now. They both know what's happening. And, uh, and so it's just the minute they wake up, 6.30 probably, it's going to be, it's on. Yeah, my mom and dad, uh, we did have one rule, which was that they had to, the coffee had to be made and and consumed a little bit before opening began, which is fun. I mean, you know, yeah. that, that that makes it a little more. But no, our our, our kid kind of runs the house on mm-hmm. Christmas. So it's one day know. a year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. It's, 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 it's kind of weird, though, because she's, she looks so forward to it because she really, really, really wants presents. <laughs> yeah. Do you buy her stuff like throughout the year or do you, is it mainly a birthday Christmas kind of thing? Like if it's just a, a weekend. I have a workflow. I have a workflow for this. How does this work? This is, I have a hack for this. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> actually, uh, I, do. I need I, this. Yeah. Um, well, what we did this year for her birthday and for Christmas was that, um, you know, we'll go to the toy store. We'll be somewhere. Basically, my daughter wants everything all the time. Yeah. Which is understandable. I was the same way. Mm-hmm. But what we do is, you know, what we started saying is, okay, well, uh, we'll put that on the list. And we do. We have a list, which historically had been like a, you know, just a, a notes file. But now what we do is whenever she wants something, we say, okay, do you want that on the list? She says, yes. We take a photo of it and then add it to a, a, an iCloud shared thing with my wife and me. Mm. So we have one called, you know, our daughter's name, Christmas, 2013. And then uh, each time there's something that she wants, we get a picture of it and put it in there. And that's worked out pretty well. She's, you know, sp- spoiled is such a strong word. She, she's our only kid and, <laughs> yeah. and she's getting, she's getting a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's tough because, you know, you want to make sure there's enough variety. And so like I would, uh, I would take him to the store and I, we'd walk through the store and I'd say, okay, you know what? Show me stuff that you like and I'll take pictures and I'll text them to Santa. And that way, you know, Santa will decide what to get you, but at least this way you'll be giving him a good idea of what to get. Right. So we kind of walked it. Every single transformer on the shelf, that's all he wants. I'm like, you don't want anything besides these piece of crap, plastic transformers that break in 25 minutes. He's yeah. like, nope, that's what I want. I'm like, fine, let's take pictures of them. I don't think toys, Dan, I honestly don't think toys are as durable as they used to be. No, they're not. They're, and, you know, they're more like Christmas ornaments. You ever get like, like this happens all the time in our house. You get like a cool Christmas ornament. You go like, oh, it's a Phineas and Ferb <laughs> with, with Perry riding on a sled. And it, <laughs> it looks more like a toy than a toy does. Yeah. But it, it might as well be, be made out of marzipan. I mean, it's, it's completely, it's asinine. Right. It just breaks seconds after you get it. And you want to play with it. You break the Grinch out of his little book. Right. It's frustrating. And so, and it's so very you, frustrating. You capture that. You capture all those transformers. Get captured. That's that's the idea. So you take pictures, and then I kind of go back and like, all right, which which of these you know pieces of junk am I going to get them? And now for MJ, it's a little easier. But there is this. Um, apparently, my wife did a lot of research and found that the best kitchen playset for a kid, uh, the most durable and you know whatever, is actually made by IKEA. That's what we have. And and okay, that's good to know. But they're all sold out burger, of it, little, and oh no! The day that they the day they get in, they're like, "Oh well, we're getting twenty in on Thursday." So Thursday morning, you know, because it's it's you got to schlep out there, and, and uh, they're sold out of it almost instantly. So she will be getting the uh, the uh, kitchenette set later. Oh, but she doesn't care because there's this. Uh, inc- oh, 
I have a, a recording of it. I wanted to play. Yeah. For you. My uh, sister-in-law is visiting and staying with us. And uh, she bought a gift uh, for my two-year-old. And I would like to let you hear what this gift sounds like. So I have a voice memo on my phone. I'm just going to hold it up to the mic here and play this for you. Here we go. This is one thing making all this sound. This is one one reindeer. Okay, do you hear that yeah, sound? Yeah, that's, that's really unacceptable. Um, that is, uh, it, 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 it sings Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It vibrates violently while it's doing it, and the vibration makes the actual jingle bells that are on it make that high-pitched whining sound. So, basically, it's a woodland creature having a seizure. It's, it's... This, <laughs> and Somebody put a wallet in Rudolph's mouth. And uh, so my sister-in-law is sitting there, and I, I, so I come downstairs this morning, and MJ's holding this thing, and she's like, look what I have, you know? I'm like, oh, that's great. And I, I look at my sister-in-law, and she's just, she's like, sorry. Like, she knew that it was going to annoy the hell out of everybody, and got it anyway. Oh. And oh, she's, see, she's gone that's in that's two days, so it, I yeah, mean, she's- Yeah, you got to get her back. She's flying back. Does she have kids? No. Hmm. Lives that's in an ap- apartment in New York. Yeah, you got to get you got to find a way to get to her. I don't know how. Yeah, we have a we got with something a couple of years ago. It's a little Rudolph's uh, like you know stuffy, but it's for playing a game of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Hot Potato. Mm-hmm. So you press his foot, and this really <laughs> low bit thing of <laughs> and then it makes this see it's randomly plays this for a certain amount of time. You don't know how long it's going to be, but it plays this 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 hyperkinetic version of the tune with with, with fills, <laughs> right? Well, with fills at, at the end, it goes rang, 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 and that means you just lost Rudolph Hot Potato if you're still holding them. What's <laughs> cool though is, and this really makes me admire my daughter, is that uh, like we were watching Rudolph the other night. It's like, oh, you want me to go get your Rudolph stuffy? She says, yeah, just whatever you do, don't hit the button. <laughs> nice. Yeah, even she's sick of it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think my, uh, my, my parents and my aunts and uncles did that with each other. There was an escalating, you know, like cold war of who could give their, their nephews the, the most cacophonous gift. Mm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it became, it became, I think there might've been a gun involved at some point. Oh my God. I, I got a drum set when I was uh, like five. Can you imagine a five year old with a drum set? Mm. It's a terrible idea. But, that's nice. So, so is that the only relative staying with you? Uh, y- yes. My brother-in-law lives here in Austin. He may come and spend the evening, but, you know, spend the night. And so they'll, but. So you'll send him on his way. Yeah, he doesn't, he just hangs out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking about the Christmas pants. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I mean, they were, they're still there. I'll try and get a picture of them now. Well, that'd be nice. Well, you should bring them in. This 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 could no. become a traditional Christmas song. Mm. The Christmas pants. No. no, they're really gross. <laughs> they're really sick. Uh, it's hard to imagine a pair of discarded pants that have been on the street for several weeks would would not be uh, something you have in your home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like a street like you have there. It's a, a highway. Sure. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> and I I think by and large, especially knowing how the economy is mm-hmm. for most of us, people don't throw away pants unless there's something wrong with them. Yeah. Like you unless don't, there was an event. especially not on the side of the road. What's going on there. Oh, I yeah. wanted to tell you, we, we saw, uh, we saw, uh, Santa Claus, uh, n- probably not the real guy, hmm. but it was an older gentleman, overweight, had a big, uh, you know, gray beard, and we saw him. There's a shopping center here in Austin uh, called the Domain, which is sort of like a high end, sort of posh shopping area. And many true Austinites, especially the ones that are a little bit hipstery, 
will say that that's not that's not Austin. That's the antithesis of Austin. And uh, it may be, but it's a great shopping area. And there's like a playground for kids, and it's very kid friendly. They run around and uh, nice stores. They got a you know they got a Starbucks and a steeping room and the Apple Store. So it's a nice you know it's a nice fun place. And uh, so we were parking, and then we saw Santa walk by. I looked over and I said, oh. "Look, it's him! It's him!" And my six-year-old says, what, what do you mean? I said, look, it, it's him. It's really him. And he says, is that him? What's he doing here? I said, what, what do you think he's doing here? He said, oh, he must be going here to, to buy some of the stuff he can't make in a, his workshop. Oh. Isn't that cool? That is so cool. I've been struggling a little bit with uh, the logic. I, I, I've said this before, but I really think it's mostly grown-ups that struggle with, with the internal inconsistencies of something like Santa Claus. I think the kids don't really care. For for a pretty good long while, but yeah. but uh, I th- I slip up sometimes, but you know I usually catch myself, keep the lie alive. But uh, but she did say the other day she was talking about we were talking about um, Santa Claus is coming to town, which is my favorite of those um, Rankin Bass specials, and uh, she was saying, hmm, I'm not sure if he's real. I'm like, what? Mm. Winter Warlock, ice for skin, really. <laughs> like yeah you're right that's kind of implausible yeah yeah you know it's funny i think each of with uh, each of the rankin bass specials is unintentionally about in my mind is like about some kind of societal issue issue in reality like i think i think rudolph the red-nosed reindeer is 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 kind of about i won't say gay rights but it's definitely about being different (laughs) yeah definitely about being different well it can be I, i think it can be extended to cover uh right you know any any kind of difference that you would like to identify it show it's it's a story of hope for for people that uh maybe don't don't just automatically conform but everybody thinks that they don't conform yeah yeah but i mean having having a really butch dad who wants you to cover up this thing and so nobody else can see you know um have you tried not being a mutant you know right um but uh i think winter warlock is about erectile dysfunction oh really it, it, yeah, it's really hard to watch. It's it's very painful. He's obviously a man that used to have a lot of prowess, and now his magic won't work. It's pretty hard to watch. And once again, hey, turns out played by the great Keenan Wynn. We no kidding. In the context I did not of know that. Uh, Doctor Strange Love, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I like those shows. Okay, I, I um, I uh, there's just there's there's just so much Christmas stuff. It's kind of overwhelming. And now I guess we're just probably making it worse. Nah, we're making it better. Did you want to tell me about something you like? I would like to tell you about a, a little company called Shutterstock.com, based in New York, where my sister-in-law uh, is going to go back to, Sands Reindeer. 28 million images, stock photos, vectors, illustrations, a million video clips, most of them of reindeer. Start your search at Shutterstock.com. You will find the perfect image for the website that you're building, for the ad you're making, for the publication you're working on, any, pretty much any creative project that you want. You need assets for it. You need resources to make it look beautiful. You know, it, let's say you're making, it's a little late now, but let's say you're making your own little custom Christmas card. That it could kind be, of it could be a, a New Year's card. At this point, it would have to be. Yeah. And you can go and you can find the images right there. Let's say that you're working on a website and you want to have a really beautiful header image or you're writing a post for something and you need something that says happy holidays on it for your, uh, for your blog. And you want to, where, where are you going to find that stuff? You're going to find that stuff here. You're working on a, I'm working on uh, a, a presentation for this talk that I'm doing in February. And un, unlike uh, some people, I don't give a talk uh, every day. And for me, I want, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about it. I'm waiting for your guide or episode about this, hopefully will come before my talk. And I need, you know, I'm building the slides for it and I'm using tons and tons of images and vectors and stuff that, that come from, all come from Shutterstock. So depending on what you want to get when you're there, you can get just one image and pay for that and download it. That's fine. Or you can do what I'm doing where you get a bunch of images, you put them into a light box, you organize them. So I've got a little light box for my presentation. And as I go through Shutterstock, I'll be, you know, doing a search for the slide that I'm working on and I'll say, oh, that's it. And I'll throw it right in the light box so that when I'm done, I can buy all that stuff, get it. And so we have a discount for people who, uh, who would like to do this. It's back to work 1213. So back to work spelled out one, two, one, three, we'll get you, and I'm going to use it myself. It'll get you 25% off any package you put together over at, uh, at Shutterstock. 
high-res images, all available. You don't pay extra for that. So go check them out. Shutterstock.com. Thank you very much to the folks over there for supporting 5x5. And uh, back to work with Merlin Mann. Mm. Well done, Dan. Why, thank you. Product <sighs> and service I, I use myself. I love that. It's a great service. I love, I love the whole idea of light boxes. I, I, uh, well, just, you know, it's ubiquitous capture. Like, if you're out there looking for something and you see something else that you like, you, know, you might as well put it into a light box, uh, like your own little private morgue of Why stuff not? you'd like to have around in the future. It's sure. a really, it's a good way to roll. It's a good workflow, mm-hmm. as they say. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I had a stressful day yesterday. What happened? <clears throat> it's kind of a long story. It's not that interesting, but it was very stressful. How do you recover from something like that? I'm still recovering. That's why I'm so out of it today. Um, yeah. Stressful, like something bad almost happened and it was averted or something bad did happen and you had to... Something bad did happen. It was not averted and it eventually got fixed, but it was really super annoying. Our electric meter blew up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And it looked like we might have a Christmas without power. Oh my gosh. That's... But it's fixed. Yeah. But it was... I, I think that... I think that the service sector in general is just not what it used to be. Getting someone and, out to repair something. Well, God bless the man from our, our, our regional utility who came out to fix it. But boy, it was, it was really quite perplexing. And, and, and I mean, not to talk out of school, but the irony is we, we got this new refrigerator. It's a little gift to the family because our old one was really gross. And, and when the dudes were unplugging the old one, everything oh, went. Yeah. Yeah, and so the the power guy came out. I just I, I just I just want to get your head around this one idea of me as the sun is setting during this delivery of this refrigerator. The uh, <clears throat> we don't know what went wrong. All we know is that the power company says everything should be fine. They'll send somebody out. We don't know when. All of our food is out. Mm. We're all stocked up, right? So all of our food is out, and, and then eventually we have the presence of mind to put it into the unplugged refrigerator with some ice. Why not? That might help. But um. But the guy got here, and and I was really relieved he made it here. It was it was it was great. Um, but it was it was a, my entire exchange with him was very perplexing. And uh, it's just you ever go into those things where where something's not going well, and it starts to feel like increasingly more surreal. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I uh, but like there was a stag- one point, it's like dominoes falling against each other. It is, and I think I think I might have had a little bit of an anxiety attack. Like, like, a, like not exactly a panic attack, but I was kind of going to a dark place thinking about like, oh my God, is this ancient house blowing up? Are we going to have electricity? It's going to be the worst Christmas ever. We got all this food. You know, I don't like wasting food. That's, that's a crummy thing. But it, it got really weird. And the guy came out here and, and he's like lecturing me about the, the quality of electrical wiring at the house that we rent, you know? And I was like, yeah, I know it's pretty crazy. There's not much I can do about it. But at one point he, he, he said he couldn't fix it unless I gave him some screws. And I said, I'm pretty mixed up right now. I'm not sure I understand what you need. You need screws. And he goes, yeah, I need to mount this. This wasn't mounted right. This whole mm. thing's a mess. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm really sorry about the power meter you guys installed last year being a mess. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's that, the thing they it, get, they get pissed off at, at the other guys that were, I was probably filled did that. Yeah, I saw him mad at, at three different people yesterday for no particular reason. Um, he yelled at our neighbor. He yelled at our neighbor's dog uh, several times. Um, he was very. It was. It was. It was very. But it was very weird. He's like, "Do you have any screws?" And I said, "Ah, I know we've got nails. I don't know if we have. You mean like wood screws?" He goes, "You know screws." And and I and, and I, I, I finally I, I I couldn't tell if he was gaslighting me. If maybe he was just messing with me because he knew. That that I was uh, just just a, a desperate man on Christmas Eve Eve, and so I actually I actually went to Walgreens and bought screws and brought them back, and he seemed satisfied with it, and eventually he was able to fix our our meter, but it was extremely stressful. Mm. I feel very susceptible to stress this time of year in some ways. Do you know I what get, I mean? You do seem like you're right on the edge of a precipice right now. Well, at this time of year in general. No, I don't. No, no, I don't think so. No, well, no, no. Maybe just that's in that, just me. <laughs> I don't think I am. I'm, that's I, called I don't, projecting. I don't. I might be precipicey. Mm. I, I, I no. I think it's mostly just that. Um, you know, we were we were talking about the, 
you know, the traditions and Christmas and the songs and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I, I think that even though I, I, I would like to think that I'm immune to that, I do think I build all of that up in my mind. It would be really, really frustrating to get a new refrigerator, have all your food out, and have the power blow up Ugh. with no indication that it's fixable. You know, the, the thing is, that's the thing about a problem. Uh, about an anxiety-producing situation is that if you knew how it was going to turn out, you wouldn't worry about it. You go to a movie, but yeah. if you don't know how it's going to turn out, and you have to kind of stand over it, mm. project manage it, and in some cases go out and buy a plastic box of screws <laughs> at six o'clock on a Monday night. Mm. That's that's, and then you know, knowing in my case, I was like, my mind is reeling about like, oh gosh, are we going to be, are we going to? I mean, it would kind of suck to just not have power. No, for it would a really, days. it would really suck. And that's the thing is that. Uh, um, you know, as, uh, as, as comfortable as we feel with our modern civilization, it's amazing how the potentiality of power could just be taken away from you. Heating could just be taken away from you through a, some kind of minor mishap, a little accident and something getting old and not working in a refrigerator, whatever. We are really right on the edge at any moment of having things that are so taken for granted, like I can flip a switch and a light comes on that when that's taken away, I remember when speaking of refrigerators, I remember when uh, we were moving into the house that, that we've, we've been in since we moved here. Um, you know, we had a refrigerator and we had a, a new one being delivered and it was delivered and it was installed and then they left and it never got cold. Like it got cool, but it never got cold, like cold enough for actual food to be preserved. Weird. And it was, it turns out it was defective. And I called up and, you know, they, Lowe's doesn't want you to, uh, doesn't want you to, to deal with them. They have to send you to the manufacturer. And right. why? Because here's why I got the refrigerator delivered and it was put in and, and installed and turned on, but we were having the, the interior of the house like painted and there was this awful wallpaper that had to be taken down. And then there was ceilings. Some of them had like a popcorn on them. So we were getting the ceiling scraped, you know, <laughs> the kind of crap that you have to do before you move into a place mm-hmm. and a period of like two weeks, 15 days, I think went by. Well, if you have a problem with your refrigerator after two weeks, it's not Lowe's problem anymore. It's the manufacturer's problem. Even though we had been, it had been sitting by itself in an empty house with no one thinking to check, is the new fridge that we got actually getting cold? Of course it's getting cold. So that when we moved in, everything was ready to go. Well, why is the fridge like 65 degrees inside of it instead of whatever, 42, it's supposed, whatever it's supposed to be. And, you know, get on the phone like, well, we can't really help you. And then, so then I'm like, well, what, what are we going to do? Like we're in the house now. So I had to go out and buy, two, uh, you know, one of those ginormous coolers and fill it with ice and put the stuff. Oh, you know what I'm God. saying? Like, I do. That's a frustration when you're moving into a new house with, you know, a, a pregnant wife and a, you know, three and a half year old kid. Like, that's fun. That's how I want to store my eggs in melting <laughs> ice, you know, and, and, and then it becomes very stressful. And you do have to project manage it, like you were saying, because now so then after like a. The guy comes out and he's like, oh, we got to order parts for it. That'll probably take 18 days. I'm like, 18 days is not an okay answer for a brand new refrigerator that we never even used, you know? So finally, I, I, you know, calling, calling. Finally, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to be the irate customer who's as nice as I can be. And I'm calling Lowe's and I'm going to talk to a manager. And like the manager was really cool about it. And the same day they sent another refrigerator out, a different make and model that, you know, was like their demo one that they brought in. They put in our in our dining room and we used that. But like he saved the day, you know, and that's, very, that's, a, that's a very creative way to handle it. Yeah, and then we waited while they got us a, a replacement refrigerator, which they actually did. They didn't have to fix it. But like things like that, like why didn't the person who I told on the first day and explained the problem to be like, you know what? That's not really our policy, but that's all right. This is a special case. Uh, we'll, we'll help you out. It's one day past when we would have normally done. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, help help us out. Yeah, the project managing part is important. Well, I think there's two parts to that that are, that are interesting to me in the story and in my story. Is that on the one hand, there, I, 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 this might be a consequence of how evolved we are um, as a technological society, as a as a society where like so much of our infrastructure is handled by other people. You know, whether that's having my movies right. hosted 
through iTunes and streamed, or whether that's, you know, having a car that I couldn't begin to fix without having all of the equipment and the computer stuff really to find out like what's wrong. Like, you know, with my VW, I, what I had in college, my van, I, I could fix some of that, a lot of that stuff myself. And with the help of my more able friends, we you know, we're able to change the gaskets on the engine in my garage with two scissor jacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that was a, obviously that's, that's an extreme case, but it's, it's, and I'm not trying to advocate for some kind of, you know, Foxfire back to basics thing or something. But, but no, you're, what I think you're, if, if I hear what you're saying, you're saying that in the past things were easier for regular people to fix. And I agree with you when you're talking about your VW, I had bought, you know, I couldn't afford a new car. So when I bought an older car, it was the kind of car that I knew, like, I could fix something with this if it if it went wrong. I could go to the junkyard and find parts for it and fix it. Like, I did that. And that was part of the reason why I bought the car that I bought. Because I knew I could do, I can do the oil changes myself on this. Mm-hmm. Totally. But it makes you realize, when you think about any of those, or again, think about that time. <laughs> I, I always think of that, that time with John Gruber and his cable card. And like, oh, like how, yeah. com- how complicated is Quit it to get, a, well, to get a cable box to work or to get the, you know, you got to have this, whatever it's called, the kind of card that lets you get cable on your TiVo or whatever. And, you know, and they, they came out twice over a period of weeks and each time they had the card they brought was defective. And or, or thinking in this case about like, like, I don't understand, like, I don't know why my house doesn't have electric now. I'm not even sure who to call about it. Right. At first, I was like, Shh, I guess I start with the power company. Do I call my landlord? Do I call an electrician? <clears throat> like, I, but I have to, you know, I, that, that's probably not so different. I mean, all our fuses were fine, every, all the stuff I know how to fix. But there, there's, um, I don't know, this is kind of a, I don't know, like, I guess like a, I don't know, like a Horkheimer and Adorno thing or something. There's something about being disintermediated from in a technological, technological society. Like, we are, being the consumer in these situations puts us in a really strange position because like it's it isn't like everybody has always been that handy with tools but i can't even diagnose what's wrong with something let alone fix it mm. and then you get into this kafkaesque thing with bureaucracies where you're like in my case and i i you know this sounds like a white wine it probably is but like it it still drives me crazy when my apple tv doesn't work for some reason it's it, it's it's it, because it's made by Apple. It, it's particularly excruciating to me. But like when when for whatever reason, like iTunes doesn't work on the Apple TV, it makes me feel like the Winter Warlock because I'm like, <laughs> my magic is not working. If you know what I mean, it's it's extremely frustrating. And and as far as the project management part, that's there's also there's also been a strange fragmentation I think in culture over the last maybe forty years. Where like, especially you think about medicine. And I've, I've gone through this with family members. I've gone through this to an extent with myself. But you really do have to be the project manager for your health nowadays, too. It isn't like, like at least when I was a kid, I don't know if this was, was true, but it always felt like we had a family doctor who we would go to. And that family doctor was educated and empowered to handle a wide variety of things. It was very unusual for anybody who wasn't, that I knew, who wasn't like a senior citizen or a kid with bad teeth to go to a specialist for anything. Right. You would go to an orthodontist if you needed braces. You would go to a heart doctor if you were my grandpa. But it wasn't like today where basically it's more like you go up to a window and fill out a form and get a referral to a specialist like almost immediately, it feels like. And I, I think that kind of that's that kind of defines a, a lot of what's weird about and somewhat anxiety producing about culture today is you don't feel like there's somebody who's gonna just take care of that for you. In medicine, I don't have that feeling. In medicine, I feel like I'm fortunate in that I don't have to take medications for stuff. I don't have like, you know, any kind of like unmanageable conditions. But like, I, I would feel like I've got to go out and Google this drug to make sure it's not going to interact with something else. Or that maybe there's something I forgot to tell them that would mm-hmm. let them know this is the wrong thing, thing to give me. I just don't have any confidence about that. And so when a guy from Pacific Gas and Electric says that he needs wood screws, like suddenly life becomes perplexing but medieval in a way that I can understand because mm. I realize that if I get him screws maybe he can make my refrigerator work I don't that that's that is you know I guess to, to, to paraphrase Red Dawn I'm pissing on a spark plug you know mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I don't know how to fix this situation and all I know is I have to placate this man in the in the big truck with the flashing light and uh, but but it's, I don't know it, it's um I think 
I guess in some ways, I guess the, the thing that I'm saying that doesn't seem like what I'm saying is that it's actually kind of amazing how well things work a lot of the time. It's kind of amazing we don't die in more traffic accidents. It's, it's, it's kind of miraculous that your refrigerator does work for as well and as long as it does. And it's only when it doesn't work that you start to see the matrix and you go like, <laughs> oh my God, this is so much more complex. Like, I, do you know how to fix your refrigerator if it's not working? Like, I wouldn't know how to begin to fix something like that, let alone like trying to diagnose whether the power meter on our house has blown up. Mm. It's a very strange situation. And I think it's, I don't know, it's weird. Like so much can go along. It does make me think of the matrix a little bit because it's sort of like everything goes along just fine. Like maybe my, my phone, will, like <laughs> I was, I was bitching uh, on Twitter about how my phone crashes all the time. It's like, I only noticed that because it didn't used to crash all the time. But now that it does, it's, it's particularly crazy making to me because I don't know how to fix that. All I know is that it, 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 but it does make you feel like kind of strangely powerless. And I don't know, it does make me understand why so many generations of people have been so superstitious about things. <laughs> yes, I will bring you, I will bring you, I, I, I am your, uh, I am your humble servant. I will bring you the gift of screws to make electric go in my house. It was yeah. very, very strange. I don't know. It's just strange that that would, that would be the thing that the guy would need to MacGyver it into position or whatever. And his, expl- his explanation was completely implausible, but I just nodded along and yeah. then went and got my wallet and, and walked to Walgreens. Yeah. I mean, that's nice the, screws. That's what you got to do. Just whatever it takes to make the thing happen. I mean, in, in Florida, we, as you remember, air conditioning was like, you know, you have air conditioning or you die basically. And it's almost like the oxygen supply in a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if that runs You could do out, without it for a couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and so you're, you know, like if that goes out, you know, that, but what I found and the same thing with like a plumber, I remember there was uh, an old hive logic post, uh, that, uh, that, yeah, look at this. I just found it. It's from 2002, how to repair oh. a leak under the house. Because one time I came home and this is in our first house and it was this horrible 1940s, like, um, little like wood frame bungalow thing. And I came home from work one day and I heard water running very clearly. I could hear water running and nothing was turned on. There's this water running like loud. Like you could hear it gushing. And this is a house that was up on blocks. So that's that's worrying. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, like I, I kind of crawled around to find where it was. And I think it was like under the kitchen somewhere and I could hear, like I could put my ear to the ground and I could hear it. And it was really weird. Like, I'm like, well, what the heck is that? You know, that's not something I can even try to fix. I'm pretty handy, but that is, forget it. Plumbing, electrical, I try to stay away from those. And, you know, so I I, I just, you know, the, the way that, that I handled this was I went and found the water key and I turned off the... Uh, I went and, you know, turned off the water to the house. And of course it stopped. And then now we have no water because if I turn the water on, whatever's happening under the house is going to keep going. So, you know, so how on a Friday afternoon, like how do you get a plumber out to your house? Who do you call? What plumber do you call? Do you call A-A-A-A Akin Plumbing (laughs) or do you call A-A-A-A Awesome plumbing, you know, like, and they're all, who knows what these things are? Who knows how much they're going to charge? And then you get to this thing where you're like, well, we can send someone out, but they probably won't be there till Monday. Okay. Do I go outside with a water key and turn the the water on whenever we want to wash our hands or the dishes or take a shower? Or do I just leave it on? Or do I, you know, and I'm like, well, that's as soon as you can get someone out there. Like, well, yeah, unless you want an emergency charge. I'm like, Okay, how much is that? They're like, well, that's $195. I'm like, fine, send them out. Because it's Friday afternoon, we're going to be here all weekend long. And we've got friends coming over on Saturday. So like, yeah, I'll pay you $200. And literally, the guy came out and he showed up. And it was maybe, you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. He crawls under the house. And I'm like... I see him going under there. I'm like, brave guy, first of all, because you know the palmetto bugs we had down there. Oh, God. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, what what's going to happen? Is it fixable? Is it whatever? And I don't hear from the guy. 10, 15 minutes go by, and I look out front. He's sitting in his uh, truck smoking a cigarette. Like, well, I guess he's done then. Like, I don't know what that means. So I walk out to the front, and... 
And he's like, oh, yeah. And he brings out this tiny, like, one, two-inch section of pipe. And he holds it up. And he's like, yeah, this was your problem. I'm like, okay, well, is it fixable? He's like, oh, yeah, you're done. I'm like, all right. you know. So what was it? What's the problem? It was some little, little hole in a pipe. I don't know what, what made it start leaking at that time. No explanation other than it was, you know, a 60-year-old house or 70-year-old house. But um, it's just weird, you know, like it, it, it's just that kind of thing. Like it, that could potentially have made the weekend very difficult if I hadn't been willing to spend $260 to get them to come out and make it go away. And then And then it goes away and everything goes back to normal and you forget about it, mm-hmm. you know. But it's, it's, I don't, it's, it's so strange to me how we, I, it's, it's, I guess, you know, what it's making me think of is back in the eighties, back when there were, well, really, I should say in the nineties, where part of my job was being a Mac wizard and, and being a Mac wizard consisted largely of really like three things, um, knowing to turn the computer off and turn it back on, mm-hmm. knowing how to run Norton Utilities. And knowing how to run Conflict Catcher, which, you know, gosh, when Conflict Catcher came out, it was such a, it was so great. Because what it, what it did was, if I remember correctly, what it did was pretty simple, which is that it did something that we used to have to do manually, which was take out half the extensions, restart, and see if you could reproduce the problem. Try the other half. And then there's probably a name for this, Dr. Drang knows, but half and half and half until you can isolate the one thing that's causing the problem. But even then with Conflict Catcher, I mean, this is in the 1990s. I would still have to sit there in front of somebody's, some PhD's computer, watching it restart for two hours and then clicking a button to say whether the problem had gone away or not. And it was, but I mean, like to that person, that, that was like a bewitched machine. Right. The fact that like they understood how to do their work, but that machine was definitely, you know, it, it had a, it had a demon in it. There was, it was, it was inhabited by some kind of otherworldly beastie and a lot of times you know god it took me so long to figure out this still happens today corrupted font like it's really strange to realize that you, I, I get that sometimes still today where like i i i maybe not in a couple years but i had a problem a while back and this wasn't this used to be an old obscure one was like a corrupted font you ever had that script your computer Oh, you know, I've, I knew designers that ran into this all the time. I never ran into this problem. Maybe you can describe. But you can have, well, no, but you could have pretty like along the lines of, um, conflicting extensions, corrupted fonts have until fairly recently been something that could screw up your machine. All I'm saying is it's, 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 I'm just repeating what we were saying, but it's, um, we we rely so heavily on all this infrastructure working correctly. And then as soon as it goes from being a complete catastrophe to okay, like we forget all about like how complicated that really is. And in this case, I just wanted this guy to go. By the time he was done, I was like, you know, <laughs> and, 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 but, but, but like a lot of, I don't know, so, you know, this, this sounds unkind, but I, I guess it's probably not very fun to be a plumber. It's probably not very fun to be a fix the electric guy. It's, it's probably not very fun to be a fix the computer guy because you're, you're only, you're, you're very heavily sought after and appreciated when there's a seemingly impossible situation at hand. Right. But as soon as you fix it, like you're like persona non grata. Yeah. Get out of here. Like right. You're just annoying me. Get out of here. No, but you're absolutely right. And I, I remember anything to please that guy because I knew it might've meant the difference Knowing that I, knowing, and again, I have to just stress, like, I didn't know why we didn't have electric in our house. I was (laughs) facing the idea that this, there's a, I was trying to prepare my family for the fact there's a pretty good chance that this is not going to do anything. There could be something fundamentally broken with the house that would not be fixed by this guy coming out at five in the afternoon to fix it. So that's, so I'm I'm sitting there like with fingers crossed and, you know, just praying that this will work out okay. Because that's how little I know about what's, what's broken in that case. But you know, even when you do get somebody, like in the case of Gruber, like he's in Philadelphia, he's where Comcast is. And like they come out to his house and on two different occasions, they can't bring a non-defective card. I mean, doesn't that starts to make you feel like an insane person mm-hmm. because now you're so disintermediated intermediate from so what's what now what do you do now you become that guy who's asking for the manager's name so you can like complain or something but you're still you're still not any better off you're still relying on experts in things that you don't understand to fix it and they're all unrelated experts 
such that in this instance last night, if that hadn't fixed that problem, I'd have to be on the phone with my landlord and probably hiring an electrician on my own to come out and, and wave a magic wand and try to figure out what had gone wrong. It's, I don't know. I think it's a very, um, I don't know. It feels like a very strange modern condition. Yeah, I mean, where you're, you know, not we're not exactly frontiersmen. No. You know what I'm saying? But like, you're a homeowner. Homeowners, you guys, you must have it in spades because, I mean, nobody cares, right? You don't, have, you don't have anybody that you can adjudicate it to. If there's a drip, drip, drip sound under your house. Yeah, that's, that's, your, no that's your responsibility. Ugh, yuck. And, you know, there's uh, – I've been a homeowner with the exception of like a year or so where I, I was in an apartment um, uh, about 10 years ago. Like I've been a homeowner since the mid-90s and – you know, making the mistake of saying, well, I don't want one of them new production houses. I want this old, you know, I want something that's got style, you know, and character. And so that's what we did. We bought these old houses and, and they were just such a pain because nothing works. Nothing's right. Everything's old. Everything breaks. And eventually we moved into a new house that we were the first people living there. And because it's Florida, production standards are terrible. So everything was still not working. Everything was still broken and still had to have everything fixed. And, but that was so much better. It's just so much better. And so the way that you, you get around this kind of a problem is you get as new of a house as you can, or you get it redone or something, but that's a money problem. And so if you don't have the ability to do that, yeah. Like I remember a friend of mine, uh, you know, like he wanted to regrout his tub. Well, well that's like a, a, a really annoying, stupid problem. And it's something that you just feel like I'm repairing and fixing something that should never have gotten this bad in the first place. You know, like having a, you know, it, little things like that, that just happen, that just go wrong all the way to the big things like no power or, you know, there's a, a roof leak. We used to have so many roof leaks. I mean, there's so many crazy problematic things that happen when you own a house. And, you know, when you look at things like upgrades and repairs, like we did the math one time after we'd sold a house, we're like, wow, we're, if, if we had rented, we would be financially in the same position that we're in now selling with the exception of we wouldn't have had the hassle of all these repairs and all the extra work and all the other stuff that we've done. You mean we in terms just, of the money, money spent on yeah, like at the at the stuff? end of the day, we were a few thousand dollars ahead of where we would have been if we just rented a house for the three years that we were there because of how much money we spent doing repairs and upgrades and fixes and tweaks. And you would say, well, you enjoyed you know the upgrades that you had, but not really. The house we would have probably rented would have just had the newer stuff. You know what I mean? Like it. it it's right. such a hassle and things just break and then you're back to the whole impermanence thing and you know I'm unhappy because things aren't the way that I think they should be but in reality I'm also really inconvenienced by those things not working especially on Christmas Eve you know oh yeah and we we've we've talked about this probably half a dozen times but you know I, it happened to me yesterday I'm walking into rooms and flipping on the light switch in a house that I know does not have electricity that that's how ingrained it oh, is oh yeah you walk into a room and you turn it on well, yeah, exactly, exactly, and and um, um, what was I gonna say? The um, the house owning thing, um, boy, that seems really harrowing to me. Just that I would, I would just be up all night worrying about stuff like that. Yeah, well, you and you would, yeah, you definitely would be if yeah. you were there as the owner, because that's what you I, have to do. I, I remember living in Florida and being in places like if you. It, it, like most days of the year, it would suck to live like in an old, like, you know, mansion type place with 14 foot ceilings because gosh, that's really costly to, to cool and stuff like that. But then, for example, I remember my friend's apartment that was designed, basically it was like a dorm room in that, in that it had like little, it, it had had a window that, you know, there was like a picture window that could not be opened. And then there were like louvered vents below that. Mm. But it was never designed to do anything but have air conditioning on it. And if the air conditioning broke, it was like being in a terrarium. Because it was never designed, you know what I mean? The, the, like, if you think about, like, for example, like the Apple campus, I think, like, you can't open the windows. It's, you know, it's not, like today in modern design, you, you don't want people opening up windows on the 100th floor of a building or something like that for a variety of reasons, not least HVAC. But it's kind of funny though, because then when you do, when you are back, and Florida is a great place to test this proposition because it is such a harsh environment. I, I guess te Texas at, at parts is like that, but, yeah. but it's amazing. It is like living in Florida is a little bit like being on a spaceship where like there's so many things that you need 
to, to, to keep things going. And if those things don't go right, it's, it's really, really awful. I mean, can you imagine living in Florida without air conditioning, what that must've been like? It doesn't, I mean, I, you, you know, they, they have fans like in that, would that help? I don't know. I think fans work mostly mentally. Like you see, you see, you put ribbons on them. You can see the uh, air moving around. And I guess that, I mean, but the fans really make you cooler. Not really. I don't know. You point them out the window, I guess it pushes the hot air out. Not a, not a physicist. <sighs> anyway, I'm glad Christmas is here. Yeah, me too. I can't wait. I'm glad to when it's too. over. What do you guys, do you have a special meal you have? No, I don't think so. We, um, I don't, I'm not even sure what we're doing. I have so much rapping to do when I get home. And I don't mean hip hop. <laughs> uh, so you haven't done that yet? Because we haven't. Oh, um, most of the stuff from my wife and I and Santa has already been wrapped. It's the stuff my, my daughter and I have to wrap stuff for my wife still. Do you differentiate between gifts for your daughter from Santa versus from you guys? Like, yes. uh, oh, these are from Santa. This one's from me. I don't know why we do that, but we do. Like, is, are the good ones from you guys and the crap ones from Santa? Like, hey, look at that. There, here's a football. That's from Santa. But I got you this really amazing playset. Uh, you know what? It's a good question. I can't really tell you what the process is that goes into it, but it's making me realize I could probably utilize it better. Like, I could probably turn Santa into kind of a dick to make me look better. <laughs> right. Like, San- Santa would give her, like, a not, not just a book, but a book that's a little young for her that would show that he's not as clued into who she is as I am. Yeah. I'm going to do that next year. Yeah. I figure I got maybe one or two more good years of Santa in this uh, operation. <laughs> yeah. And I should make it work for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got to stretch as long as you can. What What about you? Do, do you have a differentiation? Uh, well, I mean, kind of like <clears throat> everything is sort of from Santa, but there was one exception is that uh, he's he's really into fossils now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he wanted to get a um an actual legit megalodon tooth but it had to be the big one and the fossil store the rock store uh which is called nature's treasures by the way um lots of amethyst amethyst so uh this has uh, some megalodon teeth that are relatively large but they're fairly expensive you know upwards of 50 to 100 dollars which wow. seems like a lot to spend on a kid who's going to hold it for a few days and then put it in a box <laughs> um so and look at it periodically but it just it seems like a lot so uh we found an an order a, a thing on Amazon where you can get a, a replica of a very even bigger megalodon tooth that's I guess it's plastic or something but it it looks darn real and it comes with some real shark teeth and so you know $15 later problem solved but you know he still wanted an actual fossil uh, that, that he hasn't gotten that yet, but he, he's been talking about a fossil for a long time. And these are, these are between five, $10, you know, for like a little, it's like a little, you know, two inch by two inch square. It's like a, like a trilobite or something? Like, well, what is it? Well, he was going to, he could have picked one of the, the, of the trilobites. He could have picked a tooth of some kind, but what he chose was this cool, uh, it's like a, a, fl- a certain kind of a fly that was found in like the Colorado river basin or something like that. Whoa. And it's really cool. And, uh, and you know, so like I had to go and pick him, pick that out with him. So he knew that I was getting it for him and he knew that it was for Christmas and I'm not going to make him wait till Christmas to get it. So like with that as kind of an exception, uh, and then we had to look up and we actually figured out what kind of fly it was. Cause it had this unique front two arms and you, we looked it up and we found out what it was, but you know, like that kind of thing is he knows that it's from me, but pretty much everything else is like from Santa. So that, that's really smart. It's very, that, that's internally consistent. I think that's, that's more traditional. We mix it up. I mean, stuff that's like, like I want credit for that sonic screwdriver. Right. Like, that, that's yeah, like you got him that. Yeah. Yeah, or her, exactly. Sorry. Whatever. Yeah. The guy, girl, <laughs> so on. So on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Santa is a really good example of this thing that we're kind of talking about, though, where th- there is there is this uh, this completely unknowable thing. Like, mm-hmm. why did I get this present? Why did I not get this present? Mm. Why did I get that present? If this is from Santa, then how did I get two of these? You know, that kind of stuff. It's no wonder that kids are insane, if you really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Between six, the energy six drinks year, and six-year molars. Six-year molars. Six-year molars. Yeah. 
Is he getting back teeth? I think so. Wow. She's only lost the same two. One goes one way, one goes the other so way. So what? So what? Well, Dan, Merry Christmas and a very uh, happy, happy new year to you and to our listeners. Yeah, definitely. It's been a good year. It's been a pretty good year. We, it's been a weird year. It's been a weird year, but a pretty good year. Will we do a show next week? Uh, uh, yeah, All absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, in. I'm there. No, no, I'll be there. Um, so, uh, yes, though, but uh, happy holidays to all of our uh, listeners for yeah. sticking with us for almost three years. Yeah. That's bananas. Yeah, if you uh, if you go to the uh, the website, 5by5.tv slash B, as in uh, boys, 2W. Let's see here. Our first episode. It's like Janu- late January. January 18th, 2011, Alligator in the Bathroom. Oh, uh, remember when the show was good then? That's when we used to help people. I used to be Merlin Mann. God, it was so cool working with him. Oh my God. You remember how he talked into his shoe? He talking to his shoe, talking to his, uh, his uh, pocket watch. Mm. Dressed really mm-hmm. well. He was thin. Good hair, glasses. Giddy up, giddy up, jingle horse. Pick up your feet. <laughs> okay, let's button this up. I love you, Merlin Mann. <laughs> I love you.